1: Doing all right, you? Uh, well, I, we leave for Australia tomorrow, <laughs> and I still have not packed a single thing. Um, I suck, so that's awesome. Um, only a little stress. Once we finally get on the plane, I think I'll be less stressed. Not even when we get there, just on the plane. I,
2: I don't know. Personally, like me, I, I agree, but then that's a 14-hour plane ride, man. Well, it's yeah, gonna be rough. That doesn't
1: include the 21 hours of travel that we have plus the four hour drive we have to get to the airport first and foremost. But I just think once I'm sitting on the plane and I know we're on our way to Australia, I think'll I'll, I'll stress a lot less about everything and I, I mean I have to have everything packed by then so
2: well I mean and, and let's not forget like your this whole mission or this whole like journey up to the trip has been stressful for you. you just got your passport on Friday.
1: Yeah, that, that was a nightmare. <laughs> um, my picture, apparently, if you ever go to get a passport photo, do not wear camo. That is the one time of the entire year that I wore a camo t-shirt. And apparently, camo is not allowed in a passport photo. So we had to drive all the way to Detroit. For those of you who don't know, that's about two and a half, three hours from Grand Rapids. Um, go to the passport office in Grand Rapids and get my passport. It was a nightmare experience, but we got it. We're good. We're about to bring home a gold medal. Uh, next Saturday. Is, is it next Saturday? Next Friday. Right? Well, next Saturday will be over. So next Saturday, my life will be so much better. There'll oh, be so much yes. less stress. We'll be on another plane to Sydney. Yes. I, I'm, re- I'm really looking
2: forward to Sydney. I'm glad we were able to make that work. And if we just recently bought that plane ticket to hop over to sydney it's about like an hour flight south um and i'm really looking forward to that i'd feel like i feel like if you're gonna go to australia you have to go to sydney
1: yeah i think we really would have regretted it if we didn't end up going to sydney because that's like the place that you think of Um, even finding nemo talks about it so we we just had to make it there Um, but if you if you've realized anything from this what two minutes so far we're very last minute planners (laughs) last minute trip last minute um, packing. I know you haven't packed everything yet.
2: Not everything. I, I have gotten my suitcase packed, but that's about it. I still have a lot more to get ready. And it's, it's so weird. Normally I'm the one that's like starting to throw things in the suitcase like a week ahead of time. And this time, I don't know, like it was so weird. Like Revan and I were just laughing earlier this morning. Like we both had so much to do, but we both had like this, like almost like paralysis Paraly- by analysis. Yeah.
1: Paralyzing of whatever. <laughs> So we decided to record a podcast before we left, so we didn't have to do anything else like pack.
2: <laughs> we would do anything to procrastinate, right?
1: So we get a QA. and a You're welcome.
2: All right. Well, let's dive into the Q A. and a So um, first question I have is, I struggle to stay on track when my calories are higher. I feel like I have too much flexibility. When I start having a higher calorie foods, I say, fuck it and eat whatever I want. Then it takes me a while to get back on track. Yeah. I, I've I've been actually hearing a, this a good bit recently, and um actually a couple of my clients have been working through some of these similar things, and I'm I'm gonna be honest, like and i and I feel like Brevin, you probably share some similar like views on this, like that's kind of common. Like I feel like you you get that little bit of flexibility, like you've been in this dieting restrictive mindset for so long, and you finally get that little bit of freedom, you know, with more calories, and it's like oh, I can have this and I can have that. And then, you know, oh, I can have that cookie in my calories. Then turns into, oh, I can have two cookies and then three cookies. And then it's like, oh, I'm over my calories by a hundred. Oh, well, I might as well just say, fuck it. And it just snowballs from there.
1: And I think that's exactly where it comes from is you're in a deficit. Like your goal is fat loss. So you're in a deficit, which is restrictive by nature. It doesn't mean necessarily has to be restrictive in your food choices, your life choices, but it is restrictive by nature. So, you know, like, I'm not probably going to have that stuff. As much as I want you, not that you can't have it at all, but you're not going to have a cookie every day, probably, which is totally fine because that's not your goal at the time. So when you're at maintenance and you finally get that cookie, that mindset hasn't shifted yet. And you're like, Oh fuck cookie bad. I can't have cookie. I ate cookie. I bad. I might as well have 10 cookie. And then you just kind of snowball into that. And you're like, well, I fucked up today. I'll just start tracking again tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, you're like, Hmm, I don't really want to do that. And then next thing you know, two, three, four weeks go by, and you're like, I- I'm gaining weight at maintenance. What What's wrong with maintenance? Maintenance is broken. And it's just like, no, you're just eating over your maintenance calories right now, so you're in a surplus, not at maintenance anymore. And I think it all comes back to that mindset, just your perspective and relationship with food.
2: Yeah, and, and I feel like it's one of those things where you you do have more flexibility. Don't get me wrong. like you do have the flexibility to have the cookie you know more, once a day if you wanted it honestly. But then again, guys, you have to remember like when you're at a deficit, if you're quote unquote over your calories for the day in a deficit, you might be at maintenance. you might be at a small surplus. But when you're at maintenance and you go over your calories, you're pretty much throwing yourself right into a surplus. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't really recognize is how easy it is to all of a sudden be in a surplus when you're eating at maintenance.
1: I think another way to look at this too, is like when you're in a deficit or, or just tracking in general, one thing I always tell my clients, and I know you, you stay on a kind of a similar path here is the 80-20 rule. 80% of your foods are coming from lean meats, whole fruits, fruit, fruits, veggies, the quote unquote foods that we consider healthy. And then 20% of your foods are coming from more of the fun foods, the ones we consider like not healthy foods, not that there's healthy or unhealthy foods. Um, so you have to remember that you're gonna have more, you're eating more calories. So 80% of more, is more. You're going to have more of those healthy foods that you're eating. You're going to have – and I I think that's where people go wrong is they're like, well, in a deficit, I was eating one serving of rice and eight ounces of whatever protein you have or whatever meal you're put together. And then when you're in a maintenance, you're like, well, instead of having a serving and a half of rice, you have, well, I'm going to eat two cookies and rice and this. And then you start to view – again, you're viewing those foods as healthy or unhealthy. So as soon as you have that, you're like – Mm, fuck it already messed up might as well just have 10 of those cookies
2: yeah and i and i think it's just you have to this is again like it all goes back to like your relationship with food and i think that it's so easy to get caught up in that bad food good food mentality that when you start having these foods into your diet like I, i do think you should start working more of these things in one because like this is what food freedom is all about this is like i mean i i love when my clients get to go to maintenance because they're finally like, Oh my gosh, this is what food freedom actually looks like. Like I can actually have the cookie. I can actually have these things and enjoy it. But with that though, you have to have still some control and some discipline to be able to in, you know, freedom comes from discipline. Like there's that fine line between being disciplined and having the freedom versus just going balls to the walls and eating the whole tray of cookies. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think that another another way to look at this too is a lot of times, and I, I've even done this myself, um, is where your goal is strictly fat loss. You have like oh, 50 to 100 pounds to lose. And you're like, all I want to do is lose this weight and feel better, look better, be where I want to be. So you're constantly dieting. When you allow yourself to be at maintenance and you actually are able to enjoy food and have food, you're like, oh, my God, I've been so restricted for so long and so quote-unquote good. I've been on my diet or clean eating – that you're like holy shit I can have some food and then you just go all in so it just kind of almost masks like the deficit masks your poor relationship with food and when you're at maintenance it starts to exacerbate that relationship with food because you have more calories to play with so you start to fit these things in and you realize oh shit I really don't have a good relationship with food so again like we always talk about this is where it's the internal stuff that holds people back it's not it's not calories or workouts Mm -hmm. or any of this stuff. It's the internal stuff, your relationship with food, consistency, your mindset that holds you back. Even when you're not in a deficit, it's all across the board here. Yeah. And I think that the most important thing is
2: guys, like just, just with like when you're in a deficit and you have like the off day and you feel like you've screwed everything up. And we talk about getting back on track, like this, the same thing applies for maintenance. Like, I mean, if you have a day when you go over your calories, don't restrict the next day. Like just take it, you know, one day at a time. And the biggest thing is just get back on track. And that's when like, especially if you're working with a coach at that time is like, reach out to your coach, let them know what you're working through. So we can help you through this mindset shift because going into maintenance, I think a lot of people don't really realize it is like, that is a complete mindset shift you're going through just to increase your calories.
1: No, I think that's great. I I think that you kind of covered everything right there. And it really comes down to to really taking that internal look into yourself and saying, "How is my relationship with food truly?" Mm-hmm. Absolutely, awesome. You wanna go to the next one? Yeah. Um. So the next question that we have is developing a fitness goal. How to decide what's important if you really don't have one and don't want your goal to be weight loss? I really love this question. Actually, you know, it, 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 it's a great question.
2: It, it's it's different, right? Like I I don't think I've ever really had someone like ask me about like you know we're trying to set a goal but I don't want it to be weight loss. And I think this is where some people mess up. And this is actually something that um, my assistant coach and I um, have been talking about recently about like, when we think about just like nutrition and fitness and like all these things, we, a lot of times the first thing that pops in our head is weight loss, right? Like that's what society just has us programmed into. But what about just the pursuit of better health? Like that can be a goal in itself. It's just being healthier and I feel like some many people, like we look at these things and like, we have to have a goal of some sort. Like I have to deadlift 400 pounds. I have to, you know, get this lean of, you know, 5% body fat, whatever it is. Like I have to step on a stage. I have to be able to run a marathon, but guys, you can just have, like, I just want to live a happy, healthy life. I mean, look at like, I know we've talked about in the past, the triangle of awareness and where you can, when you're looking at your goals, like you have longevity, performance or aesthetics. This is longevity. Like you don't have to have a specific goal in mind. And honestly, if that is what's stopping you from getting started, I would much rather you just set some type of mini goals. Like maybe you don't have a long-term goal, like running the marathon, but maybe I have, Hey, I'm going to eat two servings of vegetables every day. I'm going to drink my, I'm going to drink my bottle of water every day. I'm going to have protein with every meal, like all these little goals that maybe don't look like anything big. But they are going to help you get to better
1: health. I love that. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you'd be a really good coach. Um, <laughs> that, that's actually no, that's a that's a fantastic answer. Um, I, I think that's really cool. That's not the first thing that came to my mind, but I I really really like that. The first thing that came to my mind, um, and I think this is is my, um, powerlifting coach coming out in me. Um, and what I do outside of like lifestyle coaching is, I think a great goal and one of the most underrated things that you can do, not only for for you, um, but for your overall health is not have that goal of weight loss, have that goal of like getting stronger, Mm -hmm. getting stronger is going to benefit literally everyone from your grandma to the, the kid at the playground. Every single person in the world can benefit from getting stronger for being more quote unquote functional, for having better mobility, for doing all these things. None of them have anything to do with weight loss, but they have uh, kind of the same way as you. They have better overall health the stronger you are the better overall health you're going to have the more mobile and functional the better you're able to move the better quality of life you're going to have and i think one of the coolest things ever is when someone goes into the gym and starts to realize that like building strength is fun building Mm -hmm. muscle Mm -hmm. is fun feeling good liking what you see in the mirror is good and none of that has anything to do with weight loss And one of the things I always say is, I think the most underrated thing you can do on a fitness journey, even if your goal long term is fat loss, is spend time not pursuing fat loss. Spend time building muscle. Spend time working on getting stronger. Because I promise you, that is the best feeling in the world. And I do believe that it transcends into other areas of your life. If you can start to build muscle, get stronger, push yourself in the gym and realize that you're capable of things you never thought you would. Um, one of my favorite things, um, when I was in person training consistently was to see, um, one of the girls I was working with, like very timid come into the gym and like, I'm kind of scared to go by the free weights. Like that's where all the boys are. And then all of a sudden they're like, I'm lifting more than that guy next to me. Like that's so (laughs) empowering for anyone. It's such a cool feeling to see that smile that comes over their face when they hit a PR like that shit's awesome. That drives me so much. Like that lights a fire in me so much and has nothing to do with weight loss.
2: It's funny when when you said that that face when they hit that PR, I was just thinking of Maddie the other day when she hit that four oh five
1: squat the other day, which is incredible. I think that's that's completely underselling it too. I think
0: four oh five
1: yes. is three pounds more than the current world record. Yes, and she just casually hit it in the gym. <laughs> and I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw a little caveat here. This is a complete tangent from anything that we're talking about. If you are in the gym consistently. And it is something that you do. You're going a couple times a week. You care about fitness. Learn how to be good in the gym. Learn how to be a good gym member, whether that is racking your weights or learning how to spot someone safely. I think those are two of the most underrated things that you can do inside of a gym. I know this is a complete tangent, but... There was in today at the gym that I go to, there were eight machines that had weight left on them. Oh, that's the worst. I I walked up to someone and said, Hey, are you done with that? He's like, no, you're good. I said, no, your rates, weights are still on it. Please go put those away. Um, I'm kind of mean sometimes. Um, but sometimes it's necessary.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, what's really funny when you, when you say that, um, I actually saw a fantastic post a long time ago with, uh, from Jordan Syatt. Um, those are, I know many of you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, he said that his dream goal one day is to open up a gym that's completely free to everybody that comes into the gym. Unless if you forget to unrack your, if you forget to re-rack your weights, He's going to charge you a dollar for every pound that you left on the machine.
1: I love that. That would be amazing. (laughs) That would be absolutely fantastic. I would love that. But in in all honesty, the only reason I bring that up is during Maddie's 405 squat, um, we had two people side spot her and one of them hit the bar on the way down and almost almost could have injured her. Um, they messed up her PR attempt, and and it could have thrown a lot of things off. But more than anything, it could have injured her. So I think learning how to do those things is just a really good skill to have if you're in the gym. It's just safety. Yeah, and, and I mean,
2: it is safety, but also I think, like you said, though, it's just it's not taught. I mean, even – I mean, you and I have had a couple of times where, like, I've been, like, spotting you guys or, like, helping you unrack or re-rack the weights, and I'm, like, jerking the weight. Like, I think I'm helping and doing it correctly. And you're like, no, you're, like, pulling my arms out of my, out of my shoulder sockets. So I'm like, oh,
1: okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It is a skill, and and that's one thing that, like, my goal for in-person training – I know this is such a tangent. I'm, I'm so bad <laughs> at this. Bear with us, guys. <laughs> I, I talk so much sometimes. I just I just like to hear myself talk, I think. But <laughs> – one of, the, one of the things that I wanted to teach even with my, my online clients now is I want to teach you how to be a self-sufficient member of society, a self-sufficient member of the gym is being able to go in there and feel confident in your nutrition, feel confident in your exercise, feel confident just being there and being part of the quote unquote fitness community and part of that is learning how to spot someone, learning how to help, learning what to look for in the gym, learning how to put your weights away. I think that should be something you
2: learn in kindergarten, though. Like, don't you learn to put the blocks away when you're done with playing with them?
1: I am going to submit a new law. I don't know how laws are made anymore. I don't remember <laughs> that video, um, but I'm going to I'm gonna submit a law to Governor Whitmer. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well,
2: we're going to go on to our next question before we get down that yeah, tangent I completely again. completely
1: forgot where we were.
2: <laughs> it's all right. I, I like it, though. It need to be said.
1: I think we answered our question.
2: I, I think so. That was a great question, though. So, so next is... I'm currently looking for an online coach. I've worked with a trainer in the past in person, but never online. What are some qualities and a good coach that you would look for?
1: Also, um, I'll, I'll take this first. Um, just as someone who has trained um, in person, I, I was an in-person trainer for about three years and the fitness director, whatever you want to call it, the fitness manager, um, teaching other trainers and stuff like that. Um, so I think I have a kind of unique experience of this because um, there's not a lot of online coaches that I see that have a lot of in-person and online um, experience. So the way that like in-person training works is you normally meet with someone for one, two, or three hours a week, and then you try to give them nutrition tips, but a lot of people just just want to come into the gym and want to have you put them through a workout, whatever. So there's some people that want the nutrition part of it, but the vast majority of people don't or the vast majority of in-person trainers are just underqualified, unfortunately. Um, a lot of the certifications, I, I don't even have a, a training certification, um, in all honesty.
2: Um, I got it just so I could say I was certified. That was it, honestly. Yeah, and, and that's
1: really all they And it taught for. me very little. Yeah, that's I'm really honest. Yeah, that's really all they're good for, unfortunately. <laughs> so it just sets a lot of people up for, for failure. Yes, there's there's a lot of great in-person trainers. Yes. I'm not trying to say that at all, um, but there are a lot of very underqualified in-person trainers as well. Um, so qualities that I would look for in an online coach, and this is something that I, I've had a coach, I've had multiple coaches, something I really look for is number one thing that I'm going to to look for is is they're putting out consistent, good quality content that, that kind of speaks to me and helps me. Um, if, if they're not putting out any content, I don't know what they know. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they help people. Um, and then consistency with that, it just shows like they really care. Um, another thing that I would look for is maybe them going through their own fitness journey. It doesn't have to be a 100 or 150 pound weight yeah. loss like Chase and I. It can be something completely different, but like you've got to walk the walk a little bit before you can do any of that stuff um so i think that's that's a really important part of it is just like going through your own fitness journey whether it's building muscle losing weight overcoming an eating disorder whatever i think that that is like being able to be in the grind and like really go through that is so so important um and then i think someone who is just understanding and and able to be vulnerable with you because i think that's one of the most underrated things on a fitness journey or or from a coach is like being able to communicate with someone and and really look at it and say, okay, I'm struggling with this. I want to be able to come to you and not have you tell me, well, just do better, eat less. Like, yeah. eat less, move more. Yeah, like, <laughs> thanks. I, I know that. But that's not why I'm here. Because again, it's not the the training or the nutrition or that kind of stuff that people struggle with. It's the internal battles that people struggle with. Um. So those are a couple of the good qualities. Do you have anything you want to add?
2: Yeah, I, I think one of the main things that stood out to me. A couple things is one, I want a I like being a smart coach is one thing like yes like I think you should be qualified yes I think you should you know know your shit and know what how to answer things but like it's one thing to be able to know things but can you explain them to like a two-year-old like that's one thing I loved shout out Jordan Lips if you guys are not following him he's amazing I I love him he was my previous coach before I hired my powerlifting coach Angela um, but Jordan one thing I really loved about him was he was like one of the, he he is one of the smartest coaches that I know in this entire space but honestly guys if you talk to him he could make he could take the most complex like situation that you think like it may, it makes no sense if you read it in a, in the book but he can literally explain it so a kindergartner would understand it and that I really look up to and like that's the kind of coach I want to be and I feel like also with, like the knowledge piece is like it's one thing like if you if, if you ask your coach, Hey, why am I doing this?
1: They should have an answer for you. If they just say... And it shouldn't be an inconvenience for them to answer that for you. Yes, exactly. And and it shouldn't just be a, oh,
2: just because I said so, or, oh, it's going to help you better. No, like, I want to know why. Tell me why. Education is going to drive compliance for one thing. And secondly, that tells me that they understand what's going on at a deeper level and... It just It's one thing to be able to just spit out random facts and knowledge, but if they can't apply it to my
1: current situation and help me understand it better, that's not going to help me. When I think that goes back to what I said in our last question in my ramble was it helps make you a self-sufficient fitness community member is that you have the knowledge to pursue your goals. After the coaching relationship is over, you have the ability to pursue new goals as new seasons of your life come through.
2: Yeah. And another thing, another quality that I would look for, and, and this, and this is a hard one, like, and I will say this is something I try to strive to be better as a coach all the time is having that, and I don't know if balance is the right word, but having that balance for being compassionate, but also holding people accountable because either end of the spectrum, if you get too far off. It can be it can be harmful for the client. Harmful is not even the right word. I'm looking for, but it, it, it's not going to help the client because if you're too compassionate and it's just like, oh, it's okay. Oh, you you ate a thousand calories today. It's okay, no worries. Oh, you didn't you didn't go to the gym all week. Okay, no big deal. It's totally fine. If that's all you're doing, you're never going to make progress. Never.
1: Yeah, you're never overcoming those obstacles.
2: But at the same time, I also don't want somebody to be a dick and be like. No, you need to eat exactly what I tell you to eat and you need to go to the gym and do the exact same things I tell you to, or you're not going to, you're not going to succeed in my program. Like that's not going to help me either. So I need a little bit of both. And that's something I continue to try to work on. And I feel like, you know, something I know we both have talked about, like finding that grit and grace for ourselves and being able to really hold others accountable. Because I've worked with some, I've worked with a coach before that, you know, fantastic coach, but it came a point where I wasn't really being held accountable. It was almost like a friendship rather than a coaching relationship. And when it gets into that territory, sometimes it can be a little bit tough, right? Like, you know, I love the person to death, but like, if they're just letting me like dilly dally around my goals and not really like hold me accountable to them, I'm not making any progress. And at the end of the day, that's why I hired a coach was to hold me accountable.
1: I want to take this in another direction here for a second as well is what not to look for. There's a lot of good qualities Mm, to look for in a coach. Um, A couple things that I've seen people just get burnt on in the past, um, qualities they look for, um, or qualities to kind of pay attention to is, number one, I don't know if it's necessarily quality, but a big following or an (laughs) influencer does not mean a good coach. Some of the best coaches that I know are not big, massive influencers. In all honesty, I'm going to shit on them right now. There's a lot of those influencers are not good coaches, unfortunately. Yes, they have a fantastic physique. Oh, and that's kind of goes into the next one. It's like, just because you have a great physique, you can have six pack abs. You can squat 9,000 pounds, (laughs) whatever that does not make you a good coach. Does it hurt? No, but does it automatically qualify you to be a good coach? And that's one mistake that I think a lot of people make is they're like, I want to look like that person. Can that person help you? Maybe, but it's not because they look that way. There's a lot of other things that are way more important than that. So I think that's one thing to look out for is like, just because they have a big following or great physique doesn't mean they're a fantastic coach.
2: And and with the following, I just want to add on to that. Guys, if you don't realize, you can actually buy followers nowadays that are just like bots. So just because somebody has a million followers doesn't mean that they actually have a million people that like their stuff.
1: Yeah, and and then the last (laughs) thing I want to add on like what to look for um, is – and kind of, you kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, and you're right. You can't be one way or the other too far, but someone that actually cares. Yes. Um, and I think that's one thing that you do really well is like you, I can tell when you talk about your clients, like you really fucking care about them. You really care about like their struggles. You really care about their wins. Like, yes, we tell you guys all the time that we want to celebrate your wins with you, but for someone to actually like, Really, really give a fuck how you're doing as a person, as a as a client, and and just share those wins with you. I think that is more than anything one of the best qualities you can have in a coach.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that kind of wraps up that one. You know, guys, like just trust your gut. I think that would be the last thing I would just say is like if something just doesn't seem right with a coach, maybe that's not the person you want to go with, and it's okay. And like and also with that being said, if you hire a coach and things just don't seem to be working out right it's okay to switch coaches
1: and there's one last thing I want to add here, um, is I know that price can be something that is very important for people is you want to go with something that works in your budget but don't window shop for coaches there's a lot of coaches out there that will play that game of I'm going to have the lowest prices and get the most people in and that's great if that's what works for them but pay attention to to what you're paying for because what you're paying for is the quality you're going to get for the most part so don't just like i'm gonna pick the cheapest option because you might not get the person that suits you the best and i think that's what it comes down to the most is find who suits you best
2: yeah and just kind of add on to that i mean i think a lot of people don't realize is like as coaches we have a decision to make when we're setting up our pricing and and i know for some people they might look at our prices and be like wow that's a lot but it's also like guys like We have to value each client that way because if we're just playing the numbers game, sure, I can drop my prices super low and take on 100 clients, but you might get a text from me once a week and I'm probably not going to get back with you for a while. Like, I want to be there for you throughout the entire week and guide you through this entire process one-on-one like it's supposed to be. And not just have, you know, a hundred other people I'm trying to get back to.
1: And we're not saying pay $10,000 a month for coaching. That's ridiculous. It's got to be within reason. But- don't just go window shopping for coaches i think that's something that I, i've heard people talk about before and i've seen before it's like well i'm talking to 10 different coaches right now and like it doesn't you don't care who fits you the best you just want someone to tell you and going to be the cheapest is going to win your coaching services and and most of the time those are the people that that we talk to a second time six months down the road be like yeah that didn't work out yeah no, i completely agree awesome cool let's move on to Question number four, I feel like everything in my life is falling apart. Every time I want to start my fitness journey, everything just blows up everywhere else in my life. How can I get started when it never feels like it's the right time to get started? This is a fucking awesome question.
2: Yeah, and gosh, it's so hard to find when is that right time to get started, right? And I'm sure that Brevin would agree with me that there is never the perfect time to get started. It's just not going to happen. And, I, I, and I'm and i just kind of coming right out the gate and saying that, guys, because I think a lot of you are waiting for that perfect time where, you know, oh, well, you know, the holidays are getting ready to come up. Okay, well, then it's going to be New Year's. Then it's going to be a birthday party. Then it's going to be the anniversary. Then it's going to be the summer cookouts. Then it's going to be, oh, the school year's getting ready to pick back up for the kids. It's going to be too busy. Then it's going to be Halloween. Then it's gonna be th- we're just going to continue. Always something's going to be coming up. And if we're always waiting for that perfect time, it's never going to come.
1: Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. And I think kind of piggybacking off of that, like when's the perfect time to start? Well, it's never, never, there's never a good time to start. You just have to do it. Um, But I think one of the most underrated things is the time that you should start is when things are the worst, because if you can get through that, if you learn how to navigate those times, then when life is quote unquote easy, it's going to be a breeze for you. Fitness is easy at that point if you can get through the really hard times in your life. But way too often I see people, well, when things are easier and then things get a little bit easier, you have one of those valleys in life and, and things are, are less complicated. You start coaching and then all of a sudden, a year later, things are, are back up on one of those hills and things are hard and you're like, um, I don't know how to do any of this when life is hard. So start when life is hard and learn to navigate those times. Yeah, and honestly, like, <laughs> I would almost say I would rather have someone help me out through the really
2: hard times than the really easy times. The like, easy times, I probably don't need your help. I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah, like it's great to have the accountability all the time, but like, when when I'm really struggling and I'm having a really
1: hard time in my life right now, that's when I want somebody to, that I can s- talk to. For sure, and I think, um, kind of really diving deep into this question now of like, okay, now, I know I need to start. How do I start? I think with that is. What's your floor? Yep. What can you do on your absolute worst week? Everything in your life goes to shit. What can you accomplish? Is it track your protein? Is it make to the gym two times a week? Hell, is it go on a 30-minute walk every single day? Let's find what that floor is, and then every single week, our goal is to start to raise that floor. We start to raise that floor three weeks, four weeks, six months later— our floor is now way higher than it was before. So on our worst week, we're able to do so many more things and stay so much more consistent because instead of trying to start at your ceiling, like let's do everything where you end up doing nothing. You start yeah. doing very little, what your floor is and start to build that up every single week. If you can do that, you are golden. Well,
2: and and actually it was, I just had a phone call with somebody um the other day and I was talking about this with them and Another reason for finding your floor and sticking with the absolute basics, like the low-hanging fruit, is because you need to start proving yourself that you can. You can actually do things. You need to start showing up for yourself and and showing yourself that you can succeed. Because right now, your old self, your, is telling yourself that you're always a failure. You can't get through these diets because you always fail. There's no way you can succeed because you know I, I've always failed every single diet in the past. You need to start showing up so you can prove to yourself. Oh, I can do this. Yes. Maybe it's the three simplest things every single day. Like I said earlier, you know, like two servings of veggies a day, protein with every meal and a five minute walk. Stupid, simple things like that seem like so simple. But if you can just imagine if you did that for three, four weeks straight and you did that every single day and you looked at, wow, I had a perfect month. Yes, they're
1: very simple things. But it was a perfect month when you showed up every single day. And what that does is build momentum. Yes. Momentum is that internal motivation of yourself. Like, fuck motivation. That stuff comes and goes. You can't rely on that. But you build momentum on your fitness journey. And that stuff really, really makes a difference. You're like, oh, my God, I actually can do this. I actually believe in myself. You're starting to change your identity to someone who can do fitness where for so long you told yourself – I just can't do it, just not for me, doesn't work for me, I'm just gonna be fat my whole life. And like none of that's true, but that's what you continue to tell yourself because you tried to do everything and ended up doing nothing. So now you start doing very little, like like you said, do the three simplest things that you could possibly think of and start to work up from there. Because then again, when you are raising your floor, you're now doing more at your worst time than you were before. You're never dropping below that. Your ceiling is endless. Just start raising your floor, and you will eventually reach your fitness goals. Yeah, and and you know, and guys, like when you're
2: when you start setting these goals for yourself, I'm gonna actually challenge you a little bit, and I know this is gonna seem like it's almost gonna seem hard to make it so simple, but I want you, like, when you set a goal, ask yourself if you can make it simpler. Like, if you're just starting out, like, you know, when I was talking to this other person the other day, one of the things they came up with was like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm not gonna snack." And I was, you know, I'm just gonna have three meals a day. I'm just gonna snack. I'm like, that's a great goal. I love that. But what if the day gets busy and you miss lunch? So now you have to have a snack before dinner. Well, now you're gonna view it as a failure because you didn't hold up to what your goal was. And so I said, how about we like, just look at like, I was like, how's your protein right now? He's like, oh, I, I do pretty, okay. I did a pretty good job. Mostly almost every meal. I was like, cool, let's make that your goal. Protein with every meal. Like, yes, eventually we can make that your goal to have, you know, n- no snacks and just meals. But right now I want it to make it almost impossible for
1: you not to get these three things done. hundred th- percent. I think that's amazing. And, and that right there is the epitome of finding your floor and starting to raise that. And that's how, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how crazy it is, you start to build that up. You start to build that foundational piece of fitness. You start to have fitness ingrained in your life and then you can always add more. You can always do more, but be consistent with the basic stuff first. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to dive into this next question
2: and I love it. Um, number five was what is the number one piece of advice you'd give for someone who needs to lose hundred pounds? And I'm going to let you, and thankfully you guys, um, the person who asked this, you're actually going to get two number one pieces of advice because there's both of us on the podcast today. So Brevin,
1: what's yours first? What I just want to say, I I think this is perfect as someone who's lost 100 pounds and someone who's lost 150 plus pounds. Like, I think we're very qualified to answer this. Um, um, So the number one piece of advice I'd give to someone who needs to lose 100 pounds or who who wants to lose 100 pounds is is almost kind of going back to our last question, but it's imperfect action. Mm -hmm. It's just taking action. I don't care if you fail. I don't care if you struggle. I don't care if it's not perfect. I want you just to continue to take action. Put one foot in front of the other every single day. Show up for yourself. What I always like to say is is I want someone who is willing to go all in on themselves. And all in on themselves doesn't mean they have to be perfect. doesn't mean it's all or nothing. Going all in on yourself means you're going to show up for yourself Every single fucking day, no matter how hard it is, you're going to show up. I don't care if you failed yesterday. I don't care if things were a struggle. You're going to wake up, you're going to show back up for yourself, and you're going to try to take one step forward. Imperfect action. You're going to continue to learn from your mistakes. You're going to continue to improve upon those mistakes. You're going to continue to raise your floor, but you're always going to take action. Action takers are people that succeed. The people that are scared to take action are the people that never succeed in their goals. So imperfect action. I love that. And one thing
2: that I kind of look at, and I tell this one to a lot of people, is trust the process. Like, guys, I know this is not an easy process, especially if you're someone who needs to lose 100 pounds. It's a long road ahead of you. And I don't say that to like make it daunting or scary for you. I just want you to realize that it is a long road Journey ahead of you with lots of ups and lots of downs, and it's okay. You're going to have the days when you feel on top of the world. The scale is going down. Your pants are fitting looser. You're getting compliments. Everything is going just fantastic. Then you're going to have the days when you binge eat. You're going to have the days when you don't go to the gym because you just don't feel like it. Days you're beating yourself up inside. And again, I'm not saying this to scare you. I just want you to plan for it. This is a part of the process. You're going to have these days, it's okay, but trust the process. There's going to be times when it's going to seem like everything is failing. It's okay. Just keep going. And same with like, also with trusting the process is like realizing that you're going to have to unlearn some old habits and unlearn some old things that maybe you have always believed in for dieting. And especially if you're working with a coach, like there's that's one of the first things I tell people is prepare to unlearn a lot of things. A lot of the old habits that you've tried to, you know, that you've been focusing on, like Think about it, guys, if you've been, if you're 100 pounds overweight, and you've been this way for the past 20 years, well, this is 20 plus years of conditioning and habits and mindset shifts that we have to work through to get this change to occur. So it's going to take a long time. And this process is well worth it in the end. And you're guaranteed to not fail. Like, guys, the only way you're going to fail is if you give up. Just plain and simple. Like, if you trust this process, you trust us, you trust your coach, you trust whoever you're working with, there is no way you can fail. Just do show, like, like Brevin said, take imperfect action, show up every day the best you can to your best capability, and you'll get there.
1: I 100% agree. I think that's great. Um, let's move on to the next question now. Um, what is this? Question six? Yeah, last question. I've been training for four days a week, yet I'm not seeing any progress in the gym. What do I do? Yeah, so I know I know we chatted a little bit about this before we came on the air, and I and we both had kind of different
2: perspectives, and I the, one of the first things I think about is, like, are you even tracking your progress? Like, do you even know if you're making progress? You know, I, I think back to when I first started my fitness journey. <laughs> it was funny. I was, like, getting up, you know, and going to the gym, and... Had no clue what i was doing for the day i would kind of google search you know a random workout and go in there pick up some dumbbells sit on the weight machine and like you know select a random weight all right what felt good today and just keep on going and And i'd go back to the next day and do the same workout again and i had no did i do 70 pounds yesterday Did I do 60 i don't know i i'll pick what feels good today and and that was every single week and i felt like i was never making progress I mean, yeah, I could tell after a while. Okay, yes, the numbers are going a little bit heavier, but I still really don't know how much progress. So I think a lot of times people are shorting themselves, not realizing that you are actually making progress, but you're just not keeping track of that progress.
1: No, I 100% agree. Um, and I think that's one of the things a lot of people really struggle with is like not tracking that. And it's it's such a simple thing to do and it's really going to help. Um, so the way I look at it um, is generally from three different ways. Um, that we'll look at if, if someone comes to me with this question is number one, are you training hard enough? I can almost promise you that you're not. If you're, if your program says 10 to 12 reps and you hit 10 to 12 reps and you stop because that's what your program said, but you have five, 10, 15 more reps in you, you're not pushing that muscle to enough of a significant degree to actually force an adaptation to happen, to force muscle to actually grow. So you're not going to have that growth outside of the first like six months of training where you have your, your quote-unquote newbie gains. If you're not pushing within zero to four reps of failure, you're not going to to push that muscle consistently enough to have significant muscle growth. Um, so that's the number one thing that I'll look at with people. And, and the best way to understand this, because it's kind of hard to conceptualize, like, okay, what is failure? Because almost every single person does not know what they're capable of. Most yeah. people are capable of way more than they actually are. So one of my favorite things to do as an in-person trainer was, um, I wouldn't tell my client that we were doing this. It would just be <laughs> a random set on a random day. And we would go on a machine, obviously something that's safe to fail on. And we would have them go with their normal self where they're like, oh no, no, I can't do any anymore. That that was 12 reps. Like that, that was too hard. I'm done with this one. Like, okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna teach you. <laughs> um, and this is what I call a failure set. And I wouldn't tell them. It would just be, okay, go, let's hit it. We did 12. Okay, you got two more. You got two more. You got two more. And all of a sudden, we're doing 25 reps with what they told me they were <laughs> failing at for, for 12. And I look at them like, can you really tell me that you were failing now or you were pushing that hard? And they're like, oh, well, well, no. Okay, let's have a new standard of training now. We're going to push ourselves a little bit harder. And, again, one of my favorite things about training is, and, and the gym is overcoming those mental barriers because that's really all it is 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 the mental barriers and i i do believe that transcends into many other areas of your life which is super cool so number one you're not training hard enough i almost promise you you can train harder and you should train harder and i'm going to add i want to add to that as well adding just
2: even adding on reps i've even had some clients and again like with things that like i know they can't hurt themselves with but i want to challenge like if, if you're using like the 20 pound dumbbells all right i want you to use the 25 next time and they're like what I can't do that. I'm like, I want you to pick it up. I don't care if you do one rep, half a rep. I want you to pick up the 25s. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, I did eight of those with 25, but I thought I could only do 20. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Just pick up the next heavy weight. And actually, I challenge you, and actually, I'm gonna put a little challenge in here. If you're listening, and I want you to definitely let us know, let Revan and I know later on, you know, even if you let us know, tag us on Instagram. Send us a video. Yeah, tag Tag us on Instagram. I must say, one of those things, whatever you want to do, let us know if you do this. And I'm really curious. The next time you're in the gym, pick something again that's safe. Like don't have like a heavy weight barbell over your head or anything like that, or squats on your back or anything like that. That's not the things we're wanting to fail at. I'm talking about a machine that's stable, something that even if you drop the weights, it's not gonna hurt yeah, you. Dumbbells are machines. Yes. Um and then I want you to actually push yourself to failure. I want you to either grab the same weights you have been and go until literally you cannot pick up that weight again or push the weight, whatever it is. Or I want you to pick up that next size, and really push yourself and see what you're capable of, and set that new PR for yourself.
1: Yeah, I would love to see to see some of the listeners like actually tag us in a video of you going to true failure, like push past all those boundaries. Just just one all out set and show us what you're actually capable of. And I really promise you that every single one of you listening will surprise yourself. Oh, and I'll even up the
2: ante a little bit, and I might screw myself with this. I'll send some Starbucks out if people actually do this.
1: Hey, I'll jump in on that too. All right. That's a challenge, guys. Let's see it. <laughs> so, right. so number two that I look at <laughs> um, if you're struggling to make progress in the gym is does your nutrition suck? Probably. Um, if you're constantly trying to diet and you're like, damn, I'm in the gym and I'm not building any muscle, you can't build muscle on 1,200 calories. You're not going to be strong on 1,000 calories. You're not going to have these things. They're, they're not one and the same. They're mutually exclusive here. Like You can't have a lot of built muscle or a lot of built strength and also be continually dieting all year long. Yes, you can make some progress one way or the other. Um, and you can make progress at the same time. It's going to be slower, but you can, but having one specific goal and taking time to actually fuel your body, actually eat enough calories to build muscle, eat enough protein to build muscle, focus on eating to fuel your body instead of eating to become smaller. Again, I've said this probably what twice on this podcast already, and I say it, I swear to God every day, the most underrated thing you can do on your fat loss journey is spend time not focusing on fat loss and spend time building muscle. I promise you actually just showed, I showed Brittany this the other day um, that the first picture I ever sent to a coach, I look at it now and I'm like, Oh my God, that's embarrassing. Like you're so small. Mm -hmm. And and I thought at that point I was like, I'm freaking jacked, man. I've lost, (laughs) I've lost like 80 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever it was at this point. I'm like, I'm a Greek God built (laughs) from stone. I'm unstoppable. And I look back now and I'm like, Oh my God. No muscle. What is that? Like (laughs) I don't see a single muscle on your entire body. And you're sitting there flexing, like, hell yeah. The lady's (laughs) gonna love this. And I look I like it's funny because I the first progress picture I sent to my my last coach, David, was the exact same weight. Like to a T, the exact same weight. And I look so much different. So much drastically different. That and the tattoos. Tattoos are also very <laughs> anabolic. So that is, that is my bonus number four is just get more tattoos. Um, if you do get more tattoos, also tag me in that, please. I would love to see your tattoos. Damn, if I'm making progress already,
2: if I get a tattoo, I'm going to be unstoppable.
1: I promise you, man. That is, that is the number one thing that's changed my training is a full sleeve. <laughs> and then number three here, before I tangent again and talk about tattoos, because I can do this all day. Keep going. <laughs> is... Be more patient. So many people that I talk to are like, I've been going to the gym four days a week and I haven't seen any progress. Cool. How long have you been doing that? Two weeks, a month. Okay, chill out. Let's give it a little bit more time. Um, So be more patient and spend more time. Building muscle is unfortunately a very slow process. Just like losing 100 pounds is unfortunately a very slow process. Doing this shit naturally is hard. But it's so rewarding. We were just having this conversation the other day when I was telling him how much I want to take steroids. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You brought it up. I was thinking about that conversation. (laughs) But it's so rewarding to do this, to do this naturally and just like, really, what am I capable of? Um, The other thing I see inside of this point is. People are just program hopping like every month they're changing up exercises. Or like you said, you're going in there and you don't even have a plan. You're just like, uh, today is upper body. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And next upper body day, you're doing completely different things. And you're never giving yourself the time to actually progressively overload those muscles or those movements. So you're never making the progress that you can. Um, it's really cool when I get a client that's been training for years and they're like, I just, I haven't made that much progress. Um, not as much as I think I should. Like I'm putting all this work and I just don't see it. And we go through these three things. Train harder. Focus on your nutrition. Focus on not being in a deficit for a little bit. And let's be patient. Let's get you on a program and let's get consistent with that program and stop changing things up every single week. And then all of a sudden, three months, six months later, they're like, holy shit, this is your crazy progress. <laughs> and we haven't focused on fat loss at all, but their body composition is better than it's ever been
0: yeah no i I love that
2: and i I mean i think you definitely covered everything as far as that goes with the trainings like guys like and i just want to reiterate like that last one patience that goes with everything you uh, guys we are getting so programmed nowadays in this world of like quick 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 i mean like we have the attention span of goldfish i swear like i mean guys look at like tiktok and like everything's gone this short video and i know this is more of like a coach kind of talk here but like but like everything's going to short form stuff like no one watches like
1: instant gratification
2: exactly everybody wants that quick fix everybody like how fast can i burn you know 500 calories how quick can i lose 50 pounds how quick can i you know run a marathon or whatever it may be like everything's quick 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 quick, quick. but it's like do you want it quick or do you want sustainable one of my favorite things to ask people was like all right cool you want to lose all this weight let me ask you what's more important to you when you're forty years old, you know if there's somebody like thirty or whatever, ten years or whatever, ten years pass. Do you still want to be able to have that weight off? Yes. Okay. Then are you willing to be a little more patient and lose this weight in six months versus six weeks? Yes. Okay. Then let's slow this process down just a little bit. It's still gonna be six, six. in the long run. You're gonna be just as, if not more, successful
1: so sorry to do this but another tangent off patience is (laughs) if we're going to compare we need to compare apples to apples not apples to oranges just because Karen down the street lost 50 pounds doing keto doesn't mean you need to lose 50 pounds in three months doing keto because yes she lost 50 pounds and yes you want to lose 50 pounds but let's really compare well she's hungry all the time She feels very restrictive. She can't go out. She no longer has sex with her husband because she feels like shit. She has no energy. She is struggling in a lot of other areas in her life. But yeah, let's be like Karen. No, let's actually compare apples to apples here like... Just like with building muscle, like, well, look at that influencer. He got jacked in three months. Cool. What is he taking? How much is he putting in his body and injecting in his ass? Like, where's his (laughs) health at here? Let's be real, people. Like, compare. If we're going to compare, compare accurately. Don't compare the surface level bullshit.
2: In both of those circumstances, let's go check on Karen six months from now and see where she's at. And let's go check on Johnny Bravo in the gym that is come off the steroids and he's lost every bit of muscle he gained during
1: taking steroids come on you know johnny bravo was 100 percent natural 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent.
2: on that note man anything else no i think i talked enough I'm to say, guys i'm gonna turn this mic off before we get another tangent now but so man we are leaving tomorrow wow,
1: wow. it's kind of it's, kinda, <laughs> it's it seems so surreal because I feel like for so long it was like, oh, we're going to Australia. We're going to Australia. We leave in a couple months. We leave in a couple weeks. <laughs> now it's like we leave in a couple hours, and it's like, oh fuck, we leave in a couple hours. We're gonna be. We're gonna. At this time, oh, I don't know what time it is. Seven forty three. In in less than two days, we're gonna be in Australia hugging a kangaroo. <laughs> I,
2: I I swear, like I I tell Maddie I'm going with her, and Maddie, if you're listening, just. Cl- mute this for a moment uh, i say i'm going for the for the weightlifting competition
1: there's a weightlifting competition
2: i'm just looking for the quakas. yeah
1: that's all i'm going for <laughs> maddie who <laughs> just no, we love you
2: we are really excited for maddie and, and it's gonna be funny because you guys are actually i know on my show this is gonna be coming out the week while we are in australia so um i know you're kind of listening to this after the fact but um and then probably what we're going to do and this this episode went definitely a lot longer than i was expecting it to sorry yeah because of this guy um but what we will probably end up doing um i don't know i'm just kind of brainstorming on air here um i think we should just call this one a day for this one and then let's do a recap and
1: let them know how australia was when we get back oh yeah i think that'd be awesome um and this is why i also have maddie on my show um as my co-host tell me to shut up so that was your fault for letting me talk so much yeah, I need to get better at
2: that. <laughs> on that note, let's end this thing and we will talk to you guys later. See ya.
0: Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Shades and Health podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.